0: If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson, and in this episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to set our sights on next year, 2022. It's mid-November as I'm recording this, and I know that so many of us were looking forward to 2021. (laughs) 2020 sucked the life right out of us with the global pandemic and so much change and uncertainty in our world. And collectively, everybody was pinning our hopes and dreams on 2021. And by and large, 2021 has been better than 2020 for certain. But it's not the great year that many of us were hoping for. We've got a pandemic that just won't go away. We've got people unsatisfied in their work, in their jobs, in their careers, and massive amounts of turnover. And then, of course, we've got the supply chain problems that are frustrating our day-to-day lives and really putting a hamper on many businesses in terms of getting their products and services to customers. So it has not been the banner year that we were hoping for. So I think it's time to set our sights on 2022. And specifically, I wanna focus on what's within our control because there is so much of the world that is not in our control, not in 2020, not in 2021, and certainly everything's not gonna be inside of our control in 2022 either. So let's zero in on the things that we can do something about. And to kick this conversation off, I've got a couple of different quotes that I want to share with you. The first one comes from David White's book, The Heart Aroused, Poetry and the Preservation of the Soul in Corporate America. This is one of my favorite books. You guys, there are so many dog eared pages in my copy of this book. And let's see, let me flip to the front and tell you when David White. Uh, came out with this book. You're hearing the pages ruffle in the background, probably. Um, this book came out in 1994, so it's a it's an oldie but a goodie by um, by my standards. So in this book, David White tells this story about a time when he was doing, and he's similar to me in that he does a lot of uh, corporate training. And in addition to being an author, he does a lot of work directly with organizations. So he tells this story in the book. And of course, he's also a poet and has been a poet you know, in his entire life. Now, I am not a poet, but I love the way he weaves his poetry and organizational life together. It's just absolutely masterful. So in this book, he describes, and again, the book's name is called, and I'll put this in the show notes, The Heart Aroused, Poetry and the Preservation of the Soul in Corporate America. And he tells this story in the book about a time when he's in a very large organization doing some uh, facilitation work with a group of managers. And he says he was with a group of particularly thoughtful managers at that particular. Company, and they were looking at the way human beings sometimes sacrifice our own desires to make something else happen for somebody else or some other group. And he had the group doing a short poetry exercise where they were, you know, waxing poetic about what was going on in their jobs and who they were as managers and so forth. And he shares in the book a couple of lines of poetry that somebody in that session that he was facilitating wrote. And it was a woman who read her short little poem, three little lines to the whole class and just sort of brings the room to their knees. And here's the little poem that she wrote. 10 years ago, I turned my face for a moment and it became my life. Let me read that for you again. Ten years ago, I turned my face for a moment, and it became my life. I find those words just absolutely haunting and chilling. And it goes to show how sometimes very small moments in our lives, when we turn our attention to something else absolutely manifest into something else that we weren't planning on or didn't necessarily want to even create. Now, there's a couple of different ways you could take that. I don't necessarily take that as a very positive thing. I take that as she sort of woke up on this particular day in the midst of David White's workshop going, holy smokes, what just became of me over the last decade? This isn't where I thought I was going. So that's my interpretation of it. Now, she may have had entirely different intentions about what this meant for her, but I take it as a bit of a warning sign that we do need to be making these intentional actions and plotting and planning our life. Otherwise, it may unfold. And in fact, an entire decade, it may unfold, not necessarily in the way that we had hoped or dreamed or planned, uh, unless we are taking, again, those intentional actions. So that's the quote from David White that I wanted to share with you. And then another quote that I wanted to share with you, and this comes from Austin Kleon, a more contemporary writer, and his book, he's got a number of just really fun books, but this book is Steal Like an Artist, which he uh, came out with in 2012. And one of the chapters in this book, Steal Like an Artist, is don't wait until you know who you are to get started. And there's a whole little chapter. He's this brilliant artist artists that weaves together these really powerful messages. So, don't wait until you know who you are to get started. Just get started now and learn from the wisdom of the woman in David White's workshop that the choices that you make are going to have lasting consequences. So, make sure you're making choices that really are going to lead you where you want to go. So, this brings me to a coaching tool that I want to share with you. For, I think, a a variety of really interesting reasons, a number of my clients have had me uh, teaching classes in their organizations on change and, and not necessarily change management in the way it's traditionally taught, but how we as human beings evolve through changes and how we adapt to change really more from, I would say, a far more woo-woo perspective than most of my corporate clients have ever had me uh, speaking. So a lot about self-coaching, a lot of programs about how we human beings manifest change and respond to changes in our environment and so forth. And so one of the tools that I've been sharing in those workshops this fall, and it's kind of a riot to me that I'm doing this work now. And of course, I'm still doing tons and tons of work on coaching managers on how to lead hybrid teams and how to lead virtual teams and how to have better virtual meetings, all of the stuff that I usually do. But we're pulling a lot more of the, I would say, woo-woo stuff into the mix. And I think it's because 2021 has just served up more change and more churn and more uncertainty than we ever expected. I think we kind of thought, at least back in 2020 when the pandemic first hit, we thought, well, this will go like most other pandemics go. It's going to run its course, and eventually we'll kind of find our way back to normal. And then that evolved into whatever the new normal is going to be, and it keeps evolving and shifting and changing. And so as we look to 2022, I really want to give you a very concrete tool so that you can set your sights on 2022 and create something that is inside of your control so that you get what you want in 2022. So the tool I'm sharing with you, and this is not my original tool. This is a tool that a lot of us coaches use. And again, um, this goes back to you know my coaching training was well over a decade ago. And to be actively using a lot of that training again in my work with corporate clients has just been absolutely delightful, I must say, because it's a great opportunity for me to weave together the bigger picture thinking that I have with the much more tangible how we get work done inside of organizations. And I just love pulling those two threads together. So this tool is called Be, Do, Have. And the idea with it is that you start with the thing that you want to have, you know, what's something that you want to have? Maybe you want to have a vacation property, whether that's a cabin up north or a warm place in Arizona or Florida to escape the Minnesota cold winters. See, I'm, I'm here in Minnesota. It would be lovely to have a place to escape these cold winters. Or maybe what you'd rather have is a seaside villa in Italy. But if you wanted to have some sort of a vacation property, how do you get that? Well, I want you to back it up And go through this be, do, have process. We're basically going to reverse engineer what it is you want to have so that you can get to what it is you want to have. Because we don't just, it doesn't just like drop out of thin air. Even things that don't cost money don't necessarily drop into our laps out of thin air. We need to actually take some action. And that's where the do comes in. So we're going to reverse this, starting with something that you want to have. We're going to reverse engineer it to say, what do you need to do in order to make that happen or to have that? And then once we figure out what those practices are that we need to do, the actions that we need to take to do to get the thing that is we want to have, we need to back that up one step further and say, who do I need to be in order to be the person who does those actions, who takes that initiative such that I can then have that thing I want to have? So if what you wanted to have was a vacation property, what are the things that you need to do? Well, you need to do some research on what properties cost in the areas that you're looking at. You maybe need to do some saving of money. You maybe need to have some conversations with your spouse or partner to enroll them in the idea of having a vacation property in the same place you want to have a vacation property. So there's quite a number. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, but there's quite a number of activities and actions that you would need to take. So things that you would need to do. Now, we can just take one of those things that you need to do, save money. You need to save some money to put down on that property, whether you're going to buy it in cash outright or whether you are going to put a deposit down and have a mortgage. There are, again, we'll just take that one little example of, well, not so little, but saving money is a huge piece of it. So you need to save some money. Well, who do you need to be in order to save that money? You need to be thoughtful about how you're spending money, conscientious might be a word that comes to mind in terms of who you need to be. Maybe you need to be thrifty, economical. Maybe that means, so if you are being thrifty and economical, maybe that means you skip the drive-through of your favorite coffee shop and don't spend the six bucks on the caramel, latte, half-calf, sugar-free, whatever it is that you drink. And you save those five or six dollars towards that vacation property deposit. So we're going to start with B- And then do the, once we are being who we need to be, it's going to be much easier to do those practices that we need to do in order to get that thing that we want to have. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So let me walk you through a couple of different ways how this could go. Um, Again, we want to reverse engineer it so that we can get to that being state, that mindset, that attitude, because if we don't inhabit that being state, that mindset, and that attitude, Attitude that is going to encourage and allow us and have us be excited about doing those practices that we have to do in order to get that thing that we want to get. We're never going to get ourselves to do those things. Or if we do, it's going to be really, uh, you know, pressing your nose to the grindstone and really forcing willpower on it to get yourself to do those things. But if we get ourselves into the Correct being state that matches the things we need to do in order to have the things we want to have, it becomes far easier. And we're, quite frankly, much more positioned for success if we start with the being. Who do we need to be in order to do the things we need to do in order to have the things we want to have? Now, let me start with an example. I'm going to give you a few different examples besides the vacation property. I want to start with a real example. Now, this is an example of a distant friend of mine. Um, that I actually haven't spoken to in in quite some time. But this distant friend had this very, I will even go so far as to say, romanticized vision of what he wanted his marriage, the the marriage that he wanted to have. Okay? So he had a particularly uh, specific idea of a marriage. And he was married to the person that he wanted to be married to. But he wasn't doing the things that would result in the kind of relationship that he wanted to have. And if we back it up one step before that, he wasn't being the kind of person and inhabiting the kind of mindset that one would need to have in order to do the things that result in a happy marriage. He was overly focused on the have. He was overly focused on, quite frankly, an unrealistic expectation of what a marriage should be, especially if he wasn't going to do the work of You know, stepping up and doing the kinds of things that one does in a marriage that is relatively happy. So he didn't do the work of what to do. And he certainly was not doing the work of who to be of the attitude and the mindset. He just had unrealistic expectations that he was laying out on this relationship. Now, as you might expect, that relationship ended up dissolving and ended up in a divorce. So we could turn this be do have model on if you wanted to have a happy marriage or if you wanted to have a promotion or just a day well lived. So let's go in, let's dive deeper into, you know, wanting to have a happy marriage and using this model of be do have for that. If you want to have a happy marriage or a happy long term relationship or a happy relationship with one of your adult children, what you need to do, what are the practices that you need to engage in, the actions you need to take, what do you need to do in order to create that? Well, you need to connect with one another. You need to be in conversation. You need to spend time together. You need to do nice things for one another. You need to treat one another very well. Um, Sometimes you have to do what the other person wants to do, even if it's not what you want to do. So these are just, again, tip of the iceberg, but some of the actions one would need to take in order to have a satisfying relationship. Now, most of those things, doing nice things, spending time together, sometimes doing what the other person wants, most of those things don't come naturally for us because we wake up in our own little world and we go about our day serving our own needs. And it's only when we stop and think, well, who do I need to be in order to do the kinds of things that are going to serve my partner's needs as well? Well, I need to be curious. I need to be kind. I maybe even need to be doting once in a while in order to do those things that are going to result in us having a solid relationship, a satisfying relationship, a happy marriage. All right, now let's dive into if what you wanted to have was a promotion at work. Well, what are the things, again, a promotion is not just going to drop down out of the sky into your lap. There are a bunch of things that you need to do in order to create the circumstances that are going to bring about that promotion. So what do you need to do? Well, you need to go above and beyond in the responsibilities that you're doing right now. You maybe need to ask for additional responsibilities so that you can prove that you have some of the skills that that promotion would require. So asking, you need to add value beyond measure. You also need to make network connections in and across your organization to get to know people. Maybe you would need to take a class on managing a virtual or hybrid team. In fact, I'm launching one of those classes in just a very few short weeks, a class on managing virtual and hybrid teams. So maybe that's the class that you would need to take in order to get that promotion. Now then you need to back up. So maybe you come up with that list of things that I need to do to get a promotion. I need to go above and beyond. I need to be adding additional value. I need to connect with more people in the organization. So I'm no, more well known across the organization. I need to yeah, get to know more people and take a class on managing a hybrid team. Well, who do you need to be in order to get yourself to do those things? Who do you need to be in order to reach out and make some network connections with people that you don't know already or don't know well in your organization? Again, you might need to be inquisitive and curious. If you're going to take my class on managing a virtual and hybrid team, you definitely need to be inquisitive and curious. You need to come to class prepared and ready to ask questions and ready to learn. So who do you need to be in order to get yourself to do those things to get that promotion and have that new job, have that title and the salary and everything else that goes along with it. It starts with who you're being. Let me give you just one more example. Let's say, let's zero in on something very micro, very small. Let's say what you wanted to have is a good day and specifically a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. So if that's what you wanna have and man, don't we all want to have that? I know I have, If left unchecked, I will create a to-do list that has about enough things on it that will keep me busy for several months. So I'm not going to get much of a sense of accomplishment at the end of my day if that is what I'm starting out out with. But if what I wanted to have was a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day, and again, who doesn't want that? And I think many of us are not getting that these days because it feels like our work life is bleeding into our personal life and on and on it goes. So if what I wanted to have is a sense of accomplishment at the end of my day, then what do I need to do? I need to create a realistic to-do list. I need to do the things that are on my realistic to-do list and not do other things, not be tempted to do other things. I need to stay focused I need to, so you see, there's a bunch of things that I need to do. Maybe I need to set timers. Maybe I need to use the Pomodoro technique where I'm setting a timer for 25 minutes and doing just one of those things that's on my to-do list and not playing words with friends or checking Facebook or my Instagram reel or LinkedIn or any of those other things. I need to just focus on that one task and crank out that task for 25 minutes or an hour or however long it takes. Now, in order to do those practices, I need to back that up and say, who do I need to be in order to do those various things? So I need to be realistic. I need to be disciplined. I need to be confident in my ability to bang out the tasks that are on my to-do list. My Again, my realistic to-do list, not my mile-long to-do list that will keep me busy through most of 2022. So there you see, we can get a sense of accomplishment in our day by backing that up to say, what do I need to do, and who do I need to be in order to do those things. So there you go, my friends. That is the be, do, have model. And I want you to apply that for yourself for 2022. What do you want to have? Get specific. Write it down. And I don't care if it's something like a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment at the end of the day, or if it's a vacation home in Italy, or a new car, or a better relationship. But write it down. Or, you know, of course, the promotion at work, or better relationship with your boss. What is it that you want to have? Write it down, get specific. And then brainstorm a list of what are the practices that you need to do in order to get that result. What is it that you need to do to get that promotion, that new car, that home in Italy, that better relationship with your teenager or your spouse? What is it that you need to do in order to get that? And then here's where the harder part comes in. Who do you need to be in order to get yourself to do those things? Who do you need to be and make that list as well? And my friends, you can start being that right now. You can get a total jumpstart on 2022 by simply, now it's not easy necessarily, but it is simple, taking the actions of being the person, inhabiting the mindset of the person who would do those things that would ultimately result in getting that thing you want to have. So there you have it, my friends. Be, do, have. Start right now on Creating 2022 as something that is absolutely the year that you find as a total banner year and you just completely knock it out of the park in whatever aspect or multiple aspects of your life that you want. Take good care and I'll be back next week with more right here for you on the Working Conversations podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.